so welcome to the another episode guys uh, today i have trishna alongside me and i feel extremely delighted to be conversing someone having a real uh, mature perspective on things that we find very alienatic when we encounter it on daily basis so trishna welcome to the nerdish mic and yeah very delighted to be hosting you on the show thank you happy to be here yeah so uh, the very first question that usually comes to my mind when i hear your name is that why do you associate that dj uh, thing with your name like i found that very interesting when i heard it for the very first time and i know that what sense it makes it means uh, disc jockey actually so uh, what really made you put that tag before your name so i feel like it's like a part of me like sort of like an identity and it's really given me like a purpose in life i mean i've taken like the leap of dropping out of college to pursue my career full time yeah. and i mean it's also just like a stage name so you know people can find me easily and all of that but yeah so how i um started out is like um so my dad he passed away when i was 14 of cancer and um growing up like he was like a big like music lover and because of him like i inherited my love for music because he exposed me to like a wide variety of genres and um so i was exposed to like a lot like you know when i was like from the time i was really young and um by the time i was like in high school i was playing like the music at every party and my friends would be like asking me to make playlists for them and all of that and like i had put in so much hard work into making those playlists than i ever did with my studies like i was not at all interested in studies yeah. and i was very good at it either um so uh yeah so when i was 16 um mm. i had my 10th grade finals and i am a very impatient person and when i want something like i have to get it yeah. so i told my family like you know i want to do a course on djing and i want to you know pursue that career and um they were like you know you're too young and like finish your finals and then we can go about it but i was like no i want to do it now and having not been very good at studies my whole life um they gave me the condition that if i do well in my finals um like if i promise that then i can do the course during my finals yeah so uh, which would be a task in itself uh, but i wanted to do it then and i had to get it done yeah. so um every day like after my finals i'd go to the studio and on the way to the studio i'd be like practicing whatever i like learned the class before and on my way back i'd be studying for my exams and i really like gave it my best for my exams and the course yeah. and i passed both with like flying colors i did like really well in both um and then like a couple months later you know like just after i got done i was like okay like now what like how do i go ahead i'm only 16 i don't even know for a fact if i'm going to get a gig being so young yeah but this company reached out to me and that was also because of the name dj tushina i guess yeah. that's sort of how they found me and um Yeah so I got my first gig like just a couple months after I finished my course and um in the beginning obviously it was really hard there were a lot of struggles I faced I mean 
um being so young i wasn't taken very seriously uh taken a little bit of advantage of in the sense like you know i was a little gullible and all and i would take any opportunity to you know dj at that point so um i mean like it was and it was hard because i was mm. like after i finished my finals i continued studying mm. and to have to juggle you know college and um a career where i'm working late nights that was like a struggle in itself and um in the beginning i mean my gigs were literally like i'd be playing for like 5 10 people and for like the first year i was doing like every gig for free because like that's mm. how you start off Mm. and playing at the most random places mm. playing for like daily 10 15 mm. people mm. um but then within a year i signed like a pretty big company and mm-hmm. from there it all picked up so but by, by the time i was 17 i you know started playing at like the bigger clubs in bombay yeah. my price obviously kept increasing mm-hmm. and um i mean in general in this industry there is a lot of like pressure um to like you know mostly like to keep a name for yourself because um like it's a growing industry and yeah. it's scary because anyone can take your place like if i was going yeah. on a yeah. one month holiday the whole time i'd be stressing like you know what if i come back and i'm not getting as many gigs as yeah. before like what if mm. someone mm. better has come mm. um and like replace me so there's always that like pressure of keeping up a good name mm. and then like maintaining it plus like building it by like networking and obviously like like showcasing your talent and stuff so um and the thing is like because i started so young um mm. i just struggled with you know the fact that um like i was in school and there mm. would be parties like every weekend you know someone's birthday or the other and i missed out on so much because if i had a gig that weekend i couldn't go yeah. for that party so yeah. i sort of felt like you know i've started too young like mm. none of my friends were obviously doing anything at that point and you know like new years and all these like big holidays where people would like you know have like huge parties and all my friends would like get together like i had to miss out on all of yeah. that Yeah. And I mean at the end it was completely worth it even now like I yeah. don't get to really celebrate new years like uh. the way everyone else does but for me like the way I'm celebrating is like I wouldn't have it any other way. And um so my father basically like he used to pay the bills um mm. for my family. And I have three siblings so my mom is a housewife mm. and um like i sort of put that pressure on myself to provide for my family mm. i mean it was all like like by me like no one else was like putting pressure on me yeah. but i took that on myself to mm. you know earn money and like do anything i can to provide for my family so i never kept any of the money that i earned for myself like it always went like to my mom and it yeah. was spent like between like my whole family um and then like so when i was 15 to cope with you know my dad's death and yeah. um you know in the start it was just like i want to try it out i like you know gave in to like trying you know a couple of joints here and there yeah. like you know and yeah. i was really young at that point mm. so uh, not many people did it in my grade yeah. like there were like literally like two three people doing it 
and everyone who like found out about it in my batch at that point that like we were like you know doing drugs and all yeah. of that like they were like judging us like really hard and like you know we were those kids those bad kids and like school. yeah yeah all those people are into like much harder drugs yeah yeah but um yeah so when i started out i was very like um you know i'm i'm not going to get addicted i'm going to do it like a few times here and there mm. but the first time i did it like the the amount i liked it like i instantly liked it that scared mm. me in itself because i was yeah. like how am i going to keep myself in control if you know this is giving me like it was basically just an escape from everything mm. and it gave me that sort of like peace that i was like looking for Yeah. So I was like you know how am I going to keep this in control yeah. but I managed to do it for around yeah. a year. Hmm. Um and then when I was 16 is when I started DJing. Mm-hmm. And you know I became way more social. I was like out every weekend playing hmm. and um I sort of like told myself like convinced myself that yeah. you know I I'm earning money at the age of 16. Yeah. Um you know i did well in my exams i'm mm. like you know doing so much i'm working like a job mm. and like i'm missing out on so much that i convinced myself that i deserve to like you know just get to after my gig just chill yeah. and like smoke on and like mm. you know have fun mm. so that's sort of how it started and i was meeting more and more people and like mm. the industry is sort of that way right like almost everyone does it Mm. and i was offered it all the time and yeah. sort of like built this reputation mm. uh, like for myself where like i became like you know i mean there aren't many female djs so yeah. i was like i obviously stood out being yeah. like a girl mm. so i had that attention <laughs> on me and then um you know i had this like image of being like mm. the school dj who by then dropped out of college which was some for some reason glorified by people in yeah, my grade yeah. because they were like you're so lucky you don't have to study yeah. you're living the life like yeah. you, know, you just get to pay, like get paid to party every yeah. weekend yeah but um that's how it seemed like on the yeah. outside yeah. and i was like you know then i started like falling into the whole trap of like drugs and started doing it almost every day when i was 17 by the time i was 18 it became my entire lifestyle like um i couldn't go a day without it mm. um and almost like every second of every day i was high and not in my senses yeah. and um so basically like through all of this like from the time i like tried it from the time mm. i started out i was completely aware of what i was doing and mm. how wrong it was mm. so that's why i mean in the start i even told myself like i don't want to get addicted to it um but i mean it is a very slippery slope like addiction yeah. in general yeah. you don't see it coming you always say like mm. i'm just going to try it i'll just yeah. do it a couple of times and you don't realize when mm. you like get so into it and by then it's like sort of too late Yeah. And that's like what happened for me. And um throughout these years that like I was like you know doing drugs. Um I was like battling stuff that like no one knew about um and to everyone else I was like you know always happy, always partying yeah. and that was like the reputation I had. Yeah. And a reputation I 
went out of my way to maintain so i would do a lot of like crazy things like you know living life on the edge kind of stuff um which i i thought i was enjoying in the moment and you know it came across to everyone as like you know i was like really cool and i was like you know this fun dj yeah. and who parties and does drugs and all of that so i sort of did a lot of that stuff to keep up this image of mine that i deep down didn't even like like i was like i don't like that person but i was just, i don't even know anymore why yeah. i did it. yeah um but yeah so throughout those years i was like like just like in a conflict with myself like um i deep down hated that i was doing what i was doing and so many thoughts used to come in my head like you know when i was high yeah. i'd be thinking like my dad must be like watching me right now yeah. and he must be so disappointed yeah. and i completely changed in those years like i've always been a family person yeah. but in those years i completely detached from my family i changed the way i behaved around them spoke to them yeah. i wasn't very nice um my brother so i have two sisters and a brother and my brother is autistic yeah. and growing up we've been like super close and yeah. I like we had like our thing was like going for movies together mm. like every week and because like he doesn't really understand properly like bollywood is like his like favorite like yeah. he's a huge fan of bollywood mm. and I'm not at all a fan of bollywood but I would go for like movies yeah. with him just to keep him company and I'd like only pay attention <coughs> to the movies to explain yeah. it to him like during and like make sure he's like understanding Yeah. But in those years I barely spoke to him. Hmm. I I completely stopped hanging out with him and then because there was like that inner voice like telling me like I shouldn't be doing this hmm. out of that guilt I'd like you know a couple of times go take him for a movie or two and, and like it still wasn't the same because I'd be high when I'd go and I wouldn't even I myself wouldn't be understanding the movie to be able to explain it to him. Yeah. And it just was the same and I think even he sort of realized that like he'd always tell me like you don't yeah. spend time with me anymore. And the thing about like like doing drugs is like after a point you don't really care. Like yeah. um that's the thing like you don't yeah. care but for some reason I still did like somehow deep down I still did. Um like a lot of my friends like they they didn't care and they didn't think what they were doing was wrong they glorified it so much yeah. but i never once said like you know i love you know drugs or like mm. drugs are the best because to me it was like a coping mechanism yeah. but i knew that it was wrong and i didn't want to be doing it but by the time i got so deep into it i built like a dependence on it and i couldn't do without it even if i tried mm. so that was the hard part because i wanted to stop and i couldn't mm. and for an entire year mm. every other day i tell my friends like you know i'm going to detox for like a week yeah. or i'm you know going to take a tolerance break and all of that and i wouldn't last more than like half a day so mm. like you know after a point and i keep trying i keep trying because i wanted to like i wanted to try to stop mm. and it just like <clears throat> wasn't possible for me because by then i was like too f- 
fire mm. and so by the time i was 18 i started therapy for this like mm. to be able to um you know like slowly cut down at least if mm. not get off it completely just cut down and for like an entire year we were like working on it and i'd make like so many promises i'd make so many plans and i just never follow it and that's when i realized like no one can really help you like it all has to be from within like only if you really want to stop yeah like can you stop no one can convince you out of it and you know no matter how many plans you make like mm. unless you really really like give it your 100% like mm. you're not going to stick to it yeah. so that even that didn't work for me and um because of like smoking weed so much mm. um i got like anxiety mm. so that like also comes with smoking a lot of weed yeah. and i didn't know it at the time but when i started feeling anxious i continued therapy and stuff mm. and um when like then when i you know started mm. therapy for everything else mm. um that's when i realized like i already knew but i think i just need to hear it like from a professional that all of this is just me avoiding you know my feelings and my emotions and my problems and yeah. bottling things up and because i had that reputation of like you know always being happy always having mm. fun i'd never ever show that i was like you know facing any like problems in life or that i was battling anything like uh, no one would be able to tell Yeah. So that yeah. also took a toll on me by the mm. end of it, and I, like it was not doing any good to anyone that way. Yeah. And I have like a lot of like love and support from a lot of people, and a lot of people I can turn to. But I just like found it really hard to do that. And I've always been like a very reserved person. Like I mm. don't let my guard down very easily, and that I think just you know that reputation mm. part of it just sort of made it harder for me. Yeah. So um yeah so finally after like years and years of you know smoking and yeah. basically like ruining my life mm. um in 2020 I had like a little incident mm. so my family had no idea that I was like doing drugs yeah. and that was so because like even though I was high 24/7 um my like lifestyle was such that like I'd come home at seven in the morning. Mm. By then, everyone would be asleep, obviously. Yeah. And by the time I'd wake up, it would be like five in the evening. Mm. And uh, by then, everyone was like, like doing their own thing, and I was obviously sober by then. And I would like shower and just leave the house, and then mm. I wouldn't come back, and like so they wouldn't see me. And then mm. I'd be high again, again till like early in the morning, mm. and. it was anyway like besides the smoking also such a um, unhealthy lifestyle to live and when i dropped out of college my aim was to focus on my music and build my career but yeah. instead all i did in that time was like take advantage of my free time and like use it to like smoke mm. and all that money that i was earning to provide for my family ended up getting spent on drugs Mm. um which is one thing like till date i will always yeah. feel guilty about among everything else mm. and um yeah so in 2020 like during lockdown i like stocked up on my stash because i knew i wouldn't be able to leave mm. and i got like really high one night and mm. it was like say like 3 in the morning 
and I was facetiming a friend, and we decided we were like smoking together and everything, and we decided to make edibles. So um, we, I went to the kitchen, and she was like on call in the room, and I went to the kitchen, and I basically had to put something in the microwave, and I'm anyway like really bad. Like yeah. in the kitchen. Plus, on top of that, I was very out of my senses. And um, suddenly, like when I opened the microwave, like there was like this beeping noise, and like yeah. a whole lot of smoke came out. Yeah. And I like panicked, like I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. So I quickly ran and I woke my help up, and they got up with a start, and like yeah. even they could smell the smoke and everything. So they came running to the kitchen, and they saw that basically I'd put a spoon yeah. in the microwave. So. That caused like the smoke and everything, um, and obviously I was too scared to realize I'm not supposed to do that. Um, so then, when you know, when uh, I realized everything's okay, um, I told them like you know go back to sleep because I felt bad for waking them up with such a start. And just as they started walking away, like the paranoia took over me like completely, and suddenly I'm like. I wake up on the kitchen floor, like I blacked out. Mm. Woke up on the kitchen floor with like a terrible pain at the back of my head, mm. and my mom and sister like screaming and running towards me. Mm. And I like quickly got up with a start, and um, like I, I had no idea what had happened. Mm. And um, so I tried to get up because I was like so shocked mm. and like I saw the like the face like. That my mom was making and my sister and how scared they were, and like I felt terrible in that moment. So I quickly got up, and I was like about to fall again because my legs were like so weak. Mm. And my sister like hugged me and everything, and they carried me to my room, and then they like sat me down. And in my room, like all my stash was like left out, mm. and so they saw everything, and um. I threw up and everything after, and my help told my mom that basically I fell, and I hit my head on the kitchen door, and then fell and hit my head on the marble floor. So that explained like the pain, and um, and I threw up and everything, and they put me onto like my bed, and um, like I just saw like you know their faces, and they were so like traumatized and like body. and like i just like started crying because i was like i felt mm. like such a disappointment like in that moment and you know that's the way they had to find out about all mm. of this and they were obviously like so startled by it and so then um my mom like she stayed up the whole night like checking my temperature to make sure i didn't have like a concussion or anything and um you know gave me a couple meds and stuff and um tried to put me to sleep and she was like praying the entire night that like you know i'm okay and for some reason i i just had this like terrible feeling that i'm not going to wake up if i go to sleep and i just like i was so scared to sleep and i kept telling them like i was like i'm scared and like i feel like i'm not going to open my eyes tomorrow and um so i just like told them like i was so convinced that i was like in case i like don't wake up like i love you and like i'm so sorry for everything that mm-hmm. like that has happened and like all the like trauma and pain i've like caused you guys not even just that day like over the years like with my whole behavior and everything like the person i became um 
so i like apologized to them and everything and finally like i went to sleep and obviously like woke up the next day mm. and i was like so like upset with myself and i just like sat in like a dark room the whole day and reflected on like the last couple of years mm. um and you know i was like in the beginning i was like like why me like why did this have to happen to me and why did this have to happen to my family and mm. i was like blaming god at that point yeah. but within like the second half of the day i was like thanking god because mm. i was like i feel like i've gotten like a second chance at life and like a wake up call with like without me getting hurt like it was something drastic but like enough for me to like decide that i want to completely quit but also i came out like without any like you know damage done yes yeah. so it was literally like you know i needed that because mm. no matter how hard i was trying all those years like i couldn't stop mm. so i needed something drastic to happen to get me to finally like quit and um i guess it was like a way out and like i don't know god's way of helping me because like you know it was very obvious that i wanted to stop Yeah. and um then like i spoke to my mom after and like we had like a really long conversation i told her everything about the last few years in my life mm. and like we both cried a lot and mm. um you know she blamed herself a lot because she mm. felt like she had been a bad parent and i told her like it was completely my fault like whether she knew or not i would have figured a way to still do it because i was like so addicted mm. and um you know i just like was like super honest with her about everything and it was obviously a lot for her to take in um but she made me like promise that you know i'm never going to go back to that because like she didn't want to see me the way i was and she wanted like she was like i just want like my daughter back like the way you were before all of this started um I also felt so guilty at that point that I was like you know what like I don't want to go back to this. And so I went two months without um like doing it but if I'm being honest I did like take a couple drags here and there because mm. in all those years like my social circle became like all like druggies and like stoners and mm. because like I was like that I'd end up like you know literally smoking with like these random people who like I'm I'd probably never see again whose names I didn't even know mm. but just because they were smoking like if they'd asked me to smoke with them like I'd never say no I'd never mm. like turn down yeah. the only good part of all of this was that I never um like DJed when I was high like I always made it a point to do that sober and then after that I would like you know get high and all of that but I never let it interfere with like my career yeah and um yeah so after those two months um I like I I was like you know at least it's like progress and I would like contradict a lot like mm. in my head like I would like one voice would be telling me like it's okay like you know yeah. you've like still made progress and the other would be like you know you've made a promise to your family and like yeah. you've been waiting to do this for so long like just yeah. like stick to it you know and i obviously had like a lot of withdrawals like in those two months and um then i went through like a really bad heartbreak like right yeah. after those two months yeah. so i relapsed like right after yeah. 
and I was still not half as bad as I was before but I was getting there so till this year Jan I was just going in circles like mm. I would relapse then decide like I want to stop again it was just like how it was before yeah and finally like this year in Jan I told myself like like this is getting me nowhere mm. and like for myself for my family I for my dad like I want to stop like completely and every time like since I quit like in like last year every time I was sober I was doing so much better like I was so much healthier mm. I would be able to like you know work out and do the things I like I'm passionate about and you know actually like spend time with my family and catch up on like the lost time that like the time that I lost like in all these years so um like this year I decided to like completely give it up and now mm. it's been like 10 months and I haven't like like you know in those two months I was still taking mm. a couple drags here and there yeah but um like like I I can't even believe yeah. when I like say it like it still hasn't hit me that like for 10 months like I haven't touched it mm. and I'm still surrounded by it I mean even as a DJ in general that is the environment mm. everyone I know like my age does it people now in like this generation like uh. people at like 13 and 14 do yeah. more than i've ever done uh. so like crazy how much like like you know people do and like it's like i i can be, like i can literally count like the friends that i have that don't do drugs uh. but everyone else like does it and it's hard like being around it and but now like i've gone to the point where even if i'm like tempted i know like it's not worth it and where i am right now is like so much better than where i was before mm. and yeah so then last year after like the heartbreak and everything like i went through a lot mm. and i got diagnosed with like anxiety and depression Mm. and so that's when i ch- like i changed my therapist because the old one was mainly like um specializing in substance abuse mm. um but then i went to like a psychologist that you know uh, specializes mm. in all of this like anxiety mm. depression and all of that mm. so um that started therapy there and i was doing hypnotherapy as mm. well so i was going to like two therapists and um i mean it obviously helped in a way but uh it was like still like i had unusually high anxiety um and i was depressed for a really long time mm. and with that like i mean you have like zero motivation to do anything like mm. it's really hard to like function and like go about your life normally when you're mm. like you know depressed and even just anxious like it's like plays a role in like every part of my day so um finally after a point i got on medication mm. and <clears throat> now it's been like a year since i've been on it and then this year i got diagnosed with um mild bipolar disorder and mild bi- borderline personality disorder yep. which was like a lot to take in mm. like being diagnosed with all of this and definitely like the whole drugs part had a big like role in it mm. because all of this is like from everything that i was like avoiding all these years mm. that is how like all of this came out 
like obviously i wasn't born with it like nothing really hap- like mm. it's not like one thing can happen and you you know get like a disorder like this yeah. so i technically feel like i brought it upon myself but i'm getting the right help and like i'm on medication and i've been like completely sober and you know now i'm just basically actually taking this time like where where like i've dropped out of college to focus on my music and actually like mm-hmm. you know get better and like make it big in my career mm-hmm. and just like like focusing on my mental health like the most because i realized the importance of it like only very recently mm-hmm. and yeah just doing the things i love like mm-hmm. you know i volunteer at like animal shelters that's one mm-hmm. that's also very therapeutic for me mm-hmm. music of course is like my therapy mm. um and like you know sports and like gymming and everything like all of these things that i completely stopped doing in all those years mm. i've like gone back to and like i was so miserable like back then like deep down i was like like i convinced myself that i was having the time of my life and like deep down i was so like uh, like you know i was battling so much that like it mm. like it didn't really feel like that deep down and like i had made like a whole lot of memories but like i couldn't even remember them because of like you know how out of like my senses i would be and like what what's the point in that right and now like the memories i make i actually remember them and cherish them and like mm. i'm able to be present and like enjoy them and so last year after i got diagnosed i like came out with a book i published a book um i wrote it within 3 months and mm. it was like a book on my life mm. um like you know just covering like everything i've been through starting with like loss which was like a pretty big chapter like not just about my dad about you know a couple mm. like other things too yeah. um then about my career about like my addiction how i got out of my addiction um about pride so when i was like in 2018 i realized like i i'm bisexual mm. which again was like a little hard to um you know accept in yeah. in the start mm. um i don't know why because now it's something i'm really proud of i don't know yeah. maybe i just mm. like of course like my the chemicals in my brain and all of that were yeah. you know very different so mm. i they understand and deal with things very differently back then mm. and um yeah so about like you know just like coming out and like how normal it is and mm. you know everything that like people can relate to mm. and basically i just like ended it with you know like shit happens like mm. obviously like like can like life can't be perfect like there will be struggles and all of that but it's how you like learn from them and reflect on them and like try to be like as like look at the positives of it like sometimes i'm like you know i pity myself but then i remember that like you know i came out with this book and the responses that i got made me feel like like i've made like a difference because like people have like told me that you know they've gotten like um the courage to come out to their family after reading my book they've decided to quit drugs mm. and like my aim of the like when i wrote the book was just mm. that i like if i help even one person like i've mm. accomplished 
like everything like i've achieved what i wanted to do by writing the book so um yeah so i was just like like you know it's very like overwhelming yeah. and like i feel like you know like i actually have a purpose in life now yeah. as compared to like before i was literally just like wasting my life so that's like yeah. like my story basically yeah. extremely beautiful to be hearing that from a person who has really experienced all of these things and yeah when talking about that how you describe those nuances of your story i get extremely fascinated to be knowing that what sort of battles you faced what sort of battles you actually fought on the first place and apart from all of those things how you really encountered people on daily basis how did you function differently before you uh, were not sober and after you went sober so i mean up till now it looks that you are driving towards that vision of yourself where you want to start life a fresh and want to pursue something that you are really passionate about extremely yeah. beautiful story of yours and i feel that it should be circulated to as many as people possible and it's not about you only it's about too many people around 20 million people in usa i think are diagnosed with substantial abuse and only 2 million people are supposed to get uh, the medications the required medication for that so the margin is very huge and the difference is also very huge and to give that proper attention to all those people at a given point of time is really difficult and to and to you how you described all those nuances and how your struggles have been i think it would provide people a point of a uh, point of perspective from where they could start looking at this problem differently and would like to act upon it so thank you so yeah. much thank you so much for telling your story and yeah i definitely feel that people's life would be changed once they'll, they'll actually get to hear you thank you for coming yeah. on to the show and thank you for sharing your perspective thank you and i just want to say um, yeah. one thing that if like anyone's going through anything and it's like like trying to resort to drugs um with experience i'm telling you that mm. it is temporary relief mm. and mm. um you're just escaping something that you're going to have to deal with eventually yeah. but also yeah. adding on to your problems by mm. like adding addiction to mm. the list and getting mm. out of it is extremely hard once mm. you're addicted there's you're not just going to be able to stop you will relapse you will face yeah. withdrawals and you may want to give up like mm. once you're facing the withdrawals you may feel like it's not worth it mm. and no matter how many people convince you it mm. can only come from within and mm. you're the only one who can change it and definitely like you can't be successful or happy or make it in life if you're you know doing those things so it's definitely like not worth it and i wouldn't recommend it to anyone so mm. um just in case anyone's even like considering getting into it this is just like sort of a warning that mm. you know you're going to end up like causing more problems in your life yeah. so yeah that's all i want to say and my book is called smoke and mirrors and yeah. it's out on amazon yeah. so if anyone wants yeah. any more inspiration or more details about the story yeah. then check it out i'll link down the link of your book down there in the description and also to your all handles also will be linked down in the description and yeah thank you so much for coming on to the show thank you for sharing all that perspective you had 
I believe this is one of the most complex topics that I have ever heard someone speaking on, and wow. you were so much flawless that at a point I got that I got that idea to say that someone could experience a problem from that point where they would feel helpless, and after a point when they continuously start working onto it, they'll get automatically out of it. So this is something very inspirational that people could take out of this conversation. or story of yours thank you darshan thank you so much